Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and this is episode 118. My guest today, actually I don't have a guest. What I did is last uh, couple weeks ago, I was out in Greenville, South Carolina, speaking uh, at a conference about Kickstarter crowdfunding board games, and had a chance to sit down with uh, the co-owner of Boardwalk, the largest gaming store in the upstate of South Carolina, in Greenville, South Carolina. And we're going to do that interview when I sat down and talked to them about Kickstarter and retailers. And we talk a little bit about their game store. It's a simulcast. I uh, videotaped it as well. You can find it on the Game Whisperer website as well as the, uh, excuse me, the Game Whisperer website and the YouTube channel for the Game Whisperer. Uh, We'll have it out there. Before we get to that interview, what I wanted to do is thank a couple of our sponsors. Always Impressions is a great sponsor and a supporter of the show. ImpressionsADV.net is a a full service for if you're a game publisher and you want to get into retailers and have your game warehoused and managed that way, Impressions handles that. And you can find them at impressionsadv.net and take a look at their YouTube channel, Impressions GDS, for game distribution services. I also want to thank Gunmetal Games and their Interface Zero Kickstarter project, which is doing very well, uh, RPG in the Savage World system, and they're having a lot of success. DrewTablack.com has a Kickstarter project about to go live. It's a CD. He's a a cast member at Disney uh, doing a CD about some of his musical talents. Uh, He's also a very good friend, and so I encourage you to take a look at that when that Kickstarter project goes live. And then also uh, Grant Rodeic. I wanted to. He's not a sponsor, but uh, he's got. uh, He's with Hyperbole Games, and he has something called the uh, Pen Pal, uh, the PPP. I can't remember what it stands for. But if you're a game publisher and you want people to get a chance to actually look at your game and play test it, go to Hyperbole Games and take a look at their PPP program. What it is is that you're able to pass your prototype game around to other people who play test it for you while you play test theirs. Great idea, great concept, and a kind of pass it forward concept. It'll be on the website, thegamewhisperer.com, as well as the Funding the Dream, uh, this episode's podcast where you can find out more information. I will also have Grant on the show so that we can talk to him about this very idea. You know, in, and then the last thing is, is I recently wrote an article on Forbes.com for crowdfunding. It was very interesting. Uh, somebody considered this podcast to be a little bit of snake oil and not actually worth anything. Now, I know a lot of you listen and you reach out and talk to me. Hi, Angie. Angie's a, uh, I've had a great chance to meet Angie. Mike's out there, Jamie. There's a ton of you guys that I have just really enjoyed getting to know. Uh, and I've just given a shout out to a couple of you. This person saw my article on Forbes and decided that the value that this show provides isn't really anything of value. And I found it very interesting. If you get a chance, go out to blogs.forbes.com slash NetApp, N-E-T-A-P-P. It's a company that I write for. And t- take a look. You can see one of the articles. I would encourage you to respond and post and see what you think about the article. This gentleman considered it snake oil and nothing more than uh, kind of a charlatan, not providing any value. And I know that's not true because so many of you talk to me, email me, text me, Facebook me, uh, respond on a variety of ways and tell me just how much my guests have helped you to uh, do your own Kickstarter project or at least to plan for that. And, that's, and I'm very appreciative of that. So get a chance. Go out to Forbes.com and take a look. All right. So at this point, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and turn the show over to the interview 
that I did uh, in Greenville, South Carolina with Josh Githens. And again, I just want to say thank you always for listening. It's always a pleasure to meet so many of you, whether I'm traveling or um, on the phone or Skype. And feel free, keep reaching out. And if there's anything I can do to help, by all means. So thanks again. And enjoy this episode of Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. Hi, this is Richard Bliss, and we're here on location in Greenville, South Carolina. With uh, The location is called Boardwalk. It's the premier gaming store in upstate for the South Carolina. I'm here with the co-owner, Josh Githens. Josh, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for coming. We appreciate you coming out. Well, certainly thanks you for taking the time to kind of give the store at our disposal. You've got a very nice store here. Well, thank you. We, we've done a lot to make it the store that it is, and we, we think a lot of people really enjoy it. And We want it to be friendly and inviting for anybody that comes in. So tell us a little bit about the store, first of all. How long has Boardwalk been in Greenville, South Carolina? As a store, we were in the mall just behind us, actually. We were there for 26 years. And April of 2011, we moved out into this location, um, found a bigger space, better suited our needs. We were able, able to add some tables in the back for gaming, um, run organized events, whether it be Magic or Fantasy Flights program or any of those programs that are in place. We were able to do that here which we weren't able to do in the mall location, so it's been a really big success. Well, oftentimes I know that stores, when they start to outgrow their space a little bit, you worry about that relocation because you're going to lose customers. What, what kind of changed it? Because it's only been, what, 18 months? Um, right, it'll be two years in April. Okay, and so what happened to your, your clientele? Could they still find you? What we found is we lost a lot more of the casual traffic, the casual mall traffic, the mom and kids walking through the mall or the dad waiting for something to happen. Um, we lost those customers, but... Where we saw a big influx was our regular customers enjoy the store more so they stay longer and we can better service our core segment. And so let's talk about your core segment because as you look at the store, you've got a a wide range of games. Yes. So what do you consider your core segment? When we moved from the mall, our core focus was board games, primarily board games. Now, we sell darts and chess sets and mahjong, but our core set was board games themselves, Settlers of Catan, Ticket to Ride, those types of things. Um, a lot more of those players stay here, and we have two different groups that come during the week. All kinds of people come on the weekend, so they're able to get their games, play their games in the store, and have the luxury of being here as opposed to going to somebody's house. Okay, but you said that that's your core, but you've expanded that core a little bit, haven't you? We have. Um, actually, we were able to add, which most stores do, they play Magic. Um, we carried product before, but we couldn't do organized play, Friday Night Magic and pre-releases and those types of events. That has been a tremendous, tremendous asset to us, having space to play here. Um, that has be, went from a fraction of our sales, a fraction of a percentage of our yearly sales, to a majority piece of the pie. And that's, that's really helped us stay here, provide, and help subsidize and grow the other parts so we can focus on gaming. We can focus on running events. We have a quarterly game day that we run a local, local hotel, but that is because of the growth of Magic and as well as the growth of the players that come into our store. And I've been here today as I was here. You also have kind of reached out to the non-core gamer community. Yeah, today um, when you stop by, we had on schedule the Newcomers Club for Greenville. It's a group of ladies that like to get together and they might go see a movie together. They might go downtown and watch a play in the park. They reached out to us and said, we want a place to play Pinochle and I have tables, and you are welcome to use them. I think there were 20 or 24 ladies in here playing Pinochle today. So it was 
it's a much different vibe than Friday Night Magic or Saturday Role Playing or any of those things. But everybody's welcome here, and we, we really like that anybody can feel welcome and they want to be here with us. 26 years, 28 years, the store's been around. It's growing. It's successful. So you guys have done what you you got to consider a, a lot of things right, right? So when it comes to... So as people are watching the podcast, um, we, we are t- we're targeted at re- retailers and publishers. Yeah. And retailers are always looking for what's a new opportunity? How do I grow my business? And what kind of advice do you give to people then? Because you don't get... There is no walk-by traffic here. You're in a small strip mall, kind of isolated, and you get a, a small... So how do you draw people in, and what do you do to do from a marketing standpoint to make your store stand out? For us, a lot of it is the experience you get when you come into the store. You have a choice... Um, and I tell this to people with restaurants or anything else, you have a choice of where to go to eat. You go to a place that you feel comfortable, you like what they have, and you like the people that are there. Same thing is true of a game shop. So what have you done to make people feel comfortable here? You just pay attention to their needs. You talk to them like they're people. Um, you ask them about their day. How are you doing? What's going on? It's not just here, by this box. See you next time. You get involved. And because we have the luxury of being in business for so long, a lot of the parents... And now we're seeing even grandparents that shopped with us 20-plus years ago. Their kids are coming. Their kids' kids are coming. So it's, it's become a multi-generational thing. It's the game store that they went to at Christmas time to get a game. It's the place they went on their birthday to buy whatever they wanted to have fun with. So because we're in a, an entertainment segment, you have to make sure that they're enjoying their time. And you make sure that they get what they want. I know watching the the pinnacle ladies uh, and when they were done I noticed they all spread out as, as they wrapped up they spread out through the store and I saw them actively looking at games that I know they would not traditionally have come in here and and what and looked at absolutely and that's part of we're, I'm seeing a lot of cross-pollination between gamer groups I have a lot of people that came in for magic that now play board games and I have a lot of board gamers that come in and they see something like Mahjong like oh man that'd be really fun to play with my my grandparents or my parents or whatever so we're seeing people look at things that they might not otherwise come in for themselves but they're getting ideas for gifts for their cousin their aunt their uncle their brother their sister Uh, the Pinochle ladies today probably six or seven of them same as you I saw they were looking around they're like oh yeah this will be great for fill in the blank somebody else right but now it's in their mind it's a friendly store we accommodated them they're going to come back to see us. And that's a whole new segment of the market mm-hmm. that you traditionally would not have found. Exactly. That's at least 24 people that probably would have never come into our store if we didn't have that program in place. Beautiful day. Yep. And, and it's in the middle of the day. Uh, I think that you ran from when, noon to 4. Or yeah, it was like 12 to 4. They came in. They played for a while. We have middle of the week, a restaurant next by, and they went and got some drinks and came and had a good time, and we were just accommodating and... It, we did nothing. They so, said, can we play? And we said yes. So let's talk about uh, publishers. Because sure. you're, you're actively involved with the whole hobby side of hobby games. So we're talking about the Euro games and war games. You're involved with the uh, World Board Game Championships. Mm-hmm. You're up there. You go to a lot of cons. So when we talk about the traditional hobby games, you're also very aware of what's going on in Kickstarter and a lot of that. What advice do you have as, as a store... Because I'm looking around and I can walk through and I'm seeing a lot of Kickstarter games, a lot of stuff that you're carrying. What advice can you give to a publisher who's like, okay, I got this game. I I think it's the greatest game. I got it published. How do I get it to market? What should I do? So what advice do you have to help them sell? (laughs) Um, 
really a lot of it is the the in my opinion it's the actual development of the game. It needs to be a good game. It needs to be something people want to play. Um, but to actually get it into store into market um, for them, you just need to build awareness for it. And how do you build awareness? How do you become aware of a game? Oh, for myself. Yeah. Hey, I watch Kickstarter, so that's something that's something I do proactively. I like to see what's coming up and what's on the horizon. Um, for them, I would say advertise it or however you want to market to the distributors to tell them to get the game out um, we have some places that will send me things directly or I've come in contact with them at different conventions and I develop those relationships which they need to do they need to reach up to the stores on that level so go to things like the Game of Trade Show or go to Gen Con or go to Origins go to a local convention for wherever if you can and really it's kind of just put your feet to the ground and get out there and tell people about it. There are several games in here that I would have never known about and probably never would have seen had they not had a booth or something set up at a convention and I walk by and they say, oh yeah, here's the game, here's the thing, and I say, you know what, that's perfect for this group of my customers, I'm going to pick their game up. So convention experience, if you're a retailer, go to conventions. If you're a retailer, go. Go to whatever you can, you don't have to go to all of them, but find some to go to. And if you're a publisher, go go to the conventions. Go, because that's where you see people. I can read sell sheets and emails all day. But unless I see it, I put it in my hand, I can touch it, I can I can demo it, I can do something with it, I'm never going to know. You might have the greatest game in the whole world in a box, but if all I see is a static image on an email, I get hundreds of emails every week. It's going to get lost in the shuffle. Kickstarter. Yes. Retailer. Is there a... This is still, the, the jury is still out about is Kickstarter retailer friendly? Because I'm hearing both. that A lot of retailers don't want to carry Kickstarter games. Um, and I'm looking around and you are definitely not one of them. Right. I think as a retailer you would be doing yourself a disservice if you exclusively decline to carry Kickstarter games. In my opinion, Kickstarter is great for the ultra, ultra game fan the alpha gamer, they're on top of the scene. They know what's going on. They're looking yeah, for but it. They're they, the early adopters. But they're already, aren't they the ones backing Kickstarter already? They're going to get it, but you know what? I have some of those gamers that play here, but in their group of 10 players, not all of them are that guy. One of them is going to get the game, and after it's gone from Kickstarter, after you can't buy it early anymore, they still, the other players still want that game. They come to me, and I either order it for them, or I have it in stock and carry it. Okay, let's talk about that ordering because it. What's what's one of the biggest knocks against Kickstarter games? They take <laughs> they right? take forever to get. They take forever to get. And if you backed a game, now do you back them as a store or do you wait till they come onto the market? It depends on the game and honestly what they have to offer. It depends on what the publisher has to offer for the game. Um, some of them give a retailer package where you provide the necessary documentation that you're a retailer and you get a better deal. Some of them don't. 99% of them that do not, I don't back because I can wait and buy it at wholesale cost. I don't need to spend retail on a game to have it on the shelf that I then carry that cost over to my customer. That's doing my customer a disservice too. Um, so you're interested in Kickstarter games, but you're not necessarily interested in being at the cutting edge of getting the game as a backer. Right. Do, does that ever change? Or, or is that on a personal level that sometimes you become involved? Sometimes I'll, I'll pick one up for myself, and that comes along with I would like to know what's coming out and see what's available. So I'll buy it for myself. I'll play it, take it to my group and play, uh, play with my friends. And if it's good, 
hey, we should bring this into the store, and then we'll look at distribution and see if we can get it as a retailer that way. We've been visiting with Josh Givens, who's the co-owner of Boardwalk, uh, the premier board game store in upstate South Carolina, in Greenville, South Carolina. He's been sharing with us some of the ideas that he has about making his store successful and opinions about Kickstarter. Josh, we certainly appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, talk with us. Thank you. I'm glad you came, and it's been fun. It has been fun. This has been Richard Bliss. Uh, we're doing a simulcast, so you'll be seeing this on YouTube as well as this is on uh, my podcast, Funding the Dream. And so we've taken a few minutes just to talk to a, a board game a retailer about some of their opinions about Kickstarter as well. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks, Where's my cameraman? Right here. <laughs> Go hit every all the buttons. Okay, now, Josh, if you don't mind. Yeah. I'd like uh, you and I to walk and you to talk. Let's walk some of the aisles. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, since we have a camera, we'll kill this one. Yeah.